Radical, episode 125. Got a great guest for you guys today. Thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Shane Hazel. Uh, my next guest is an Air Force vet. He is, uh, he's been everything from a Republican. Uh, he's part of the LP Woodchippers Caucus, which we are going to get into. He's also the owner of Evelio Mortem Arms. Please welcome to Radical, the great... Steve Remus running for governor of Arizona. What's up, dude? What's up, man? How are you doing? Oh, I'm, I'm jazzed. This is all part of my, my Helios initiative, man, that I'm still kind of working the bugs out of and got some ideas. And the fact that you're a, a Mises caucus guy on top of everything else, I, I think this is going to be a, a, a lot of fun, you know, showing people uh, what's going on in America right now where people are sick to death death of the tyranny and the executives that have just ruined our fucking lives but uh first and foremost welcome yeah man uh, thanks for having me i mean i <clears throat> we haven't we haven't done our like official announcement video but i think i think most people at least uh in the in the lp and in the mises caucus know uh that that i'm running um there's there's one other there's one other nominee right now for the libertarian primary um, and he's actually the reason that I'm running um, is because he's a uh, the, the rumor is he's a, he's a Republican and we don't know if he's been pushed by the Republican Party to run as a libertarian. So um, it was actually the AZLP and, and AZ Mises and I had a conversation about three, three and a half weeks ago. And I said, you know what, you know, this is this is what I need you guys to do for me. And uh, we all three, I mean, we all work very closely. Uh, we have great relationships. We have not a lot of the other problems that everyone else <laughs> experiences between each other. So um, that, that actually makes it real, real nice. And, and it's, it feels organized, which is, probably, yeah. which is probably rare for a libertarian to say so. Yeah, no, it's 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 funny, you know, with with a lot of people who are flooding into, especially the Mises Caucus right now, right? It's there's there's a lot of people who don't want to have to be in in this place, right? Like we've kind of sat out and and said, you know what, life is pretty good, and you know m most of my rights are intact. But now, man, they have crossed some thresholds in the last year and a half to where the. Oh, yeah. the, the everybody's fed up and I, I love it. I want to get your backstory. Um, uh, you're, you're, you're a veteran. How did you come to, I mean, the, the Mises caucus, probably the, the most hardcore of the Liberty, uh, I, I guess, uh, crowd that's actually trying to affect change within a political system. Yeah. So, uh, so I'm, I was in the air force for 12 years and, um, I've always sort of been a Liberty caucus Republican, and about two years ago, I, I was going to run for uh, the AZ House District 9, which is a very, very blue district here in Tucson, Arizona. And I, I sort of experienced the same thing that I've seen you talk about, where at every step where I could have a principled position, it was, no, say this instead. No, oh. no, people, people aren't going to people aren't going to like that. And um you know, that, that sort of gatekeeping at the local level uh, really sort of was my ultimate wake-up call. My next wake-up call was I messaged the Libertarian Party, and I was like, I'd like, to, I'd like to come talk to you and see about being your writing candidate. Well, my county LP was on life support. <laughs> there was four members, 
And they had meetings once a month where they gathered and uh, essentially played patty cake. And, you know, that was it. There was no official organization. They had a chair and, and, a, and a secretary, and they just kind of existed. And so I, I pushed a good friend of mine, Drew Heaton, to become the, the county chair. And in five months, we've gone from having meetings with four people to having meetings with 45 and 50 people. Damn right. <clears throat> and then uh, that January, we had the Arizona LP convention. And I went up there and I met uh, Jeremy Todd, who's my campaign manager. A lot of you know Jeremy. He's a, he's a Liberty Unity guy, and he's very just a good guy in general. Um, wants, wants to see everybody succeed and wants us to not get our rear ends kicked in elections. So that's a big, that's a big benefit. And then Lauren Snyder, uh, she was originally just going to run for the comm committee and we sort of egged her into becoming the second vice chair. And she has done a lot of work for the Arizona LP. Um, we have essentially, uh, revived the libertarian party in Arizona, uh, since January. Uh, it's a lot more active, a lot more messaging, and a lot more coordination. Um, then I, I want to say I joined the Mises Caucus in February. Um, it's an energy thing, right? So in order to affect change, there has to be energy. Yeah. And there has to be a bit of radicalization. And uh, I, I, prefer, I prefer radical with context. Um, <laughs> and that's, that's, how, that's, right. how we, that's how we message in Arizona. We, we provide some context behind theory um re regardless of what it is you know it, it's it's we don't want to elicit an emotional response and shut people off immediately so we want to create a logical context and then tell them hey consider this and then they can get emotional afterwards and that's and then that's because they've actually used the part of their brain that has logic and reason first right. um, and so um and the arizona mises caucus has grown Oh, Mike McFarland is probably going to kick my butt. I think we have 65 members now in the media right office alone. Um, there, it might be more. <laughs> I know he's busy. He's very busy um, getting a lot of, um, he gets, I'm sure he gets a lot of requests, uh, at least for the Arizona Mises caucus. Sure. We have some, we have some great folks, some, some folks that were big into the Ron Paul campaigns. Uh, they were, we have someone who is a white uh, on a White House communications team in the Arizona Mises Caucus um, back in back in the 80s under Reagan, um, and it's just really Arizonans have sort of this natural lean towards liberty principles. Well, I mean, a bunch of you guys have fled there to be left alone in a hot damn desert to begin <laughs> yes. with, right? Like, yeah, it's, it's, it's not, not pleasant, a real hospitable okay? place. Like, like I grew up here and I'm like, yeah, it gets hot. And, and I'll tell people all the time, I, like, I prefer the heat. Um, you know, there's a point where, you know, once you get over 105, it's, you don't, you, you don't it's not feel just, anything. It's not just a you, dry heat anymore, is it? You're dead inside. There's, uh, there's a saying that I heard a long time ago and it was, well, and this is, you know, I'm, I'm not a religious man, but if you believe in angels and demons, you won't find any angels in Southern Arizona. So I, yeah. I I beg to differ, man. I I'm yeah, definitely man. one of those guys that uh, thinks that hell is a cold place. I hate the cold, man. Like with a passion, oh, I, I hate the cold. I mean, I I live in a desert, chain. I mean, there's there's <laughs> I'm not. I lived in D.C. for five years, and there was yeah. one day it was like negative nineteen, and I was Ooh. like, 
I was like, what kind of sick person lives in this <laughs> weather and enjoys it? And, That's uh, right. So, so I came back to the desert. <laughs> yeah, right on. So um, you, you were a, a Liberty Republican guy. Um, tr trust me, uh, you know, that's one of the things that uh, I near and dear to my heart is like, you know, the Thomas Masseys of the world um, that are just, you know, great guys. You know, unfortunately, they've kind of got a, a hold on the uh, I mean, the, the ballots, you know, to, to be yeah. very blunt. It's like they have. You know, between the uh, the Republicans and the Democrats, there are states you can't get on ballots. Um, I don't know if is Arizona this kind of the same way as Georgia, where you guys have got a petition for some positions to be on the ballot. So yeah, I have to gather three thousand three hundred thirty-five signatures for the primary. Okay. Um, and then once we get once you get on the primary and you win the primary, then you're you're on the general election ballot. Um, so that is that is really focus one here is signature collection. Yeah. Um, and with the combination of the organizational structure of the Mises caucus and uh, the Arizona Libertarian Party, there's uh, I think my last headcount was 120 ish people that can donate time here and there. Right, um, about, that's that's enough to get three thousand. Right. And yeah. Um, I, do, you, do you know uh, the guys, uh, Luke and Typo from Biting the Bullet? By any chance? I do. I've talked to them. Uh, talked to them once or twice um, okay i can't remember when i talked to them but um i think i think maybe it was a mises meeting when i talked to them but yes I, i'm familiar with those guys Good and deal. we're actually we're actually doing uh surprisingly well in maricopa uh with our signature gathering which is you know maricopa is the big oh it's never gone blue county in however many years and yeah. um we've we've actually flipped a couple big conservative names up there um I don't know if they flip to the Libertarian Party, but we can collect independent signatures. So they've at least uh, signed my petition and endorsed uh, a third party candidate by. So, you know, so is, is that is, is that something that can happen? Can, I mean, are you guys restricted to only having Libertarian signatures or can you have anybody's signature? Libertarian and independent only. Wow. What a but, bunch of trash. But but there is an equal amount of independence as there is Republicans and Democrats. Wow. Okay. It, very, so, very, it, very interesting. Yeah. Like these scumbags in the duopoly. I mean, they're always trying to do shit like that. It's like, you know, you could take a Republican or a Democrat, you know, that's, that's sick of, you know, whether it's the, you know, the, the economics of the state or the, uh, the, the criminal justice system and be like, Hey man, I'm, I'm running for governor and you're a registered Democrat or Republican. They can't sign your petition. Like nope. what the shit. Nope. And that's God, and, this, suck. and here's the best part. So we had Kim Ruff, running for yeah. state mine inspector and the Republican legislature passed new requirements for that position in the beginning of February, I believe, which disqualified her. Unbelievable. From, yeah. Oh, it was, it was just amazing. It was like, you, you, you sort of, you sort of know it can happen, but you never, and you know, there are people who are just like, it's not going to happen. And then you just and witness it and you're like, Oh, I'm like, well, we knew this was coming, and we just, we're just sometimes you're just still shocked. You're just, you're yeah. just like, wow, they they passed a whole new set of qualifications for one position. That's well, it's 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 like the, the the government murder cult indoctrination program. They probably shouldn't have talked about that. You know that you know no taxation without representation thing. Like I'm that's that's where I'm at. Is like, oh, we can't be on your ballot. Cool. Then you're not going to get any more of our fucking money. Like you guys can get you know. 
go pound sand. We're done paying you guys. The, the state of um, Arizona with the past year, tell me about what who your executive is first and what has happened in that time uh, to make you want to do something like this. So Governor Doug Ducey uh, is our current governor. He's in his, uh, he can't run again. Uh, you know, he's, he's done, he's done a couple good things. Uh, he, he, he put out some, some good stuff on occupational licensing reform and he did some stuff with, uh, you know, federal firearms law to where any new thing that comes, you know, we're just not gonna, we're not gonna bother, right? Right. Um, I would have liked to have seen him obviously take that much further. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'll give him his crumbs. Uh, however, uh, so when all this stuff started and Arizona locked down um, initially, uh, Doug Ducey was uh, giving a speech and he talked about how he met with Fortune 100 executives to decide the best way for business to move forward. Okay. So what that signaled to me was that small business was going to die. Right. Small business was the expendable thing that was going to get sacrificed. And when you go and you look at the Walmarts and the Targets and the Costcos and you see that they put, yeah. and, and, and you see that they put plexiglass in front of a register, my argument is I would have bought plexiglass for a lot of small businesses. Right. And they easily could have done everything else. So it was clearly a very short-sighted bureaucratic decision to, you know, it, 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 it crippled, it crippled Arizona's economy. And now you have, all, now you have just issues we already struggled with, with, with getting business and small business here to Arizona outside mm -hmm. of the Phoenix area yeah. has just been amplified 10 times. Um, Tucson used to be a city that had Texas Instruments and Convergence and Cisco and all kinds of IT stuff. And, and it's Tucson's independent to left leaning and its business policies and practices have all has, have chased that stuff away. So we really relied on small business down here and in Southern Arizona to keep a con keep the, the Southern Arizona economy alive. And it's, uh, we'll just say it's slow to slow to come back. That coupled with uh, the housing market uh, just exploding out of the average American's reach um, yeah. is is just you know. So so the governor, you know, here in Georgia, like when when they came out, they were you know. Brian Kemp, you know, he, I remember it plain as day. Do you remember where you were and what was happening? Did they, did they come out and say, Hey, this is a state of emergency. You're locking down for two weeks or whatever. Yeah. So I had just done a radio interview, I think on March 9th with a local radio station. Mm -hmm. And they asked me, they're like, what do you think is going to happen? And I was like, government over the government's going to overreact. And I went to work that week and that Friday uh, I believe is when Doug Ducey made the announcement, you know, Hey, we're going to shut down for two weeks. And I was like, okay. Um, and I went and I talked to my boss and they were like, yeah, just go home for two weeks. And I was like, well, am I still going to get paid? Because that's a little weird. <laughs> you know, like that's a little, uh, I'd like to keep making money for a little bit. And, uh, went home, uh, took my work laptop with me and then, uh, Sometime during that two weeks is when he gave the speech and I was listening to him and how he talked to 
Fortune 100 companies, and he was, you know, the, the whole song and dance. And I, and I honestly couldn't believe what I was seeing or hearing. And um, it was it was sort of like I felt there was a a a disconnect, like some message had had not been thoroughly relayed to the states from the federal government, and we were all just sort of stuck winging it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sure there was a, 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 I mean, everywhere there's, you know, carrots being dangled and threats being made about federal, uh, you know, tax breaks and federal monies coming into the state and everything else. I mean, that's just really kind of the, the heinous game that these guys have played, uh, you know, for a very, very, very long time. It's not just, you know, in the in the past year, but it's it's been obviously amplified in that time. Um now, in terms of where you guys are at now, are you guys pretty much completely open again, or are you guys still kind of struggling along? So we're we're officially open again. Uh, okay. But probably around August of last year, <laughs> hmm. uh, a, a majority of, of Arizona, at least in southern Arizona, rural Arizona, um, we're, we're just going to say we, we just sort of started doing whatever we wanted. And sort of, sort of like that's that that is indicative of the, of the spirit of Arizona is, okay, we played your game, um, you know, I want to go to the gym or I want to go eat at a restaurant, yeah. and you know, so, you know, there was there was still quite a few businesses that were following along with the ever changing narrative and guidance, um, but there there was quite a few that were just like, you know what, like. Um, the gym I go to, they, they told them they were going to find them every day. And he said, you know, fuck it, do it. Yeah. Uh, they, didn't, they didn't find him. Right. They're like, he, he called their bluff. He was like, you know what? And, and he, cause he knows we all would have, we all would have pitched in, you know, he's got a gym of like 200 members. And we were like, Hey, you know what? If you're willing to take the hit, we, we, got, go. we got, we got, we got bank accounts, brother, you know? So yeah. right on. Uh, and yeah, so they, they, they backed away from that. Uh, the county stuff in the county was a little more lax. The the rural areas. I remember walking into a freaking boot barn. I was gonna buy a couple new cowboy hats and a new pair of boots. And you know, this lady walked in and someone was like, "Where's your mask?" And she was like, "Oh, I'm from Oracle. I didn't know you guys were still doing this." And I was like, "All right." Um, and I've got a buddy that owns a ranch in Sholo, and he's like, "Man, he's like, you know what doesn't exist where my ranch is?" I was like probably all of this he's like yeah he's like nobody 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 even knows he's like i'm pretty sure nobody even knows there's something going on yeah um, that, that, very much the same way up here in the mountains in yeah. georgia it's like everybody's like fuck these guys man like we're gonna go do our own stuff and we're not gonna yeah. really bother yeah it's it hasn't you know it's it's been such a an interesting dynamic between outside of the the cities of the MSAs, right? And you go into the city and everyone's freaking out. And, you know, you go about 15 minutes outside of Tucson or outside of Phoenix, completely different world. And yeah. and those and those are the folks that uh, are most fed up with uh, the duopoly and seeing just constant, I mean, the, the candidates that are announcing for governor right now, I mean, you're just, I mean, right now with everyone that's announcing, our, our whole plan is to just do a sanity check and be like, hey, Steve sounds pretty like sane. And here's what your 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 other choices are saying. Right. And everyone's just kind of like, oh, man, shoot. Okay. 
Have you guys, do you guys have a, uh, a Trump candidate in the Republican Party out there yet? Oh my gosh. Do right. ever... <laughs> so yeah. tell me about your Trump candidate, because this is something that I think is very interesting across the country right now. He's doing the same thing. Yep. It's in Georgia and everybody in Georgia knows who that is and how crazy it is. So I'm, I'm very curious uh, to hear about it in Arizona. So I watched, so Kimberly Yee, uh, is is the one of the candidates? Yeah, she's a she is a Trumper, and she is a Trumper through and through. Um, not only in her announcement video does she talk about the wall and making America great and all this other stuff, but she even points out. So we have a lot of people fleeing here from California, right? Uh, for good reason. Um, you know, a, a good a good sixty seventy percent of them are are fleeing to not. Uh, experience california anymore right they're they're they're, i would consider them uh acceptable californians you know i'm willing to forgive them for their trespasses but whatever right um you know and she in her announcement video basically suggests something along the lines of preventing californians from coming to arizona right and or building a wall between us and california now part of me is like you know maybe there's some tangible, you know, legit idea behind that. But then I'm also like, you've got to be effing crazy that this is in your announcement video. Right. But she's she's like the she's like the popular GOP candidate. Um, her and Carrie Lake, who is a I wanna say she's a Trumper, but she's pretty I mean, she's pretty close. Like she may not come out and say it, but um you're you're gonna we're gonna have like probably five or six Republican candidates and probably half of them are going to be Trump candidates. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's very, I mean, in an open election where there's nobody, it's, it's like, okay, yeah, let's, let's call everybody. Let's, let's call ourselves Trump Republicans and yeah. see if we can't do something about it. Um, the, <sighs> it, 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 that's it's it's somewhat predictable and i think the nation is over president trump i think more and more people are seeing every day how absolutely ineffective he was uh in office i think um uh, people are seeing him as this guy that was kind of a, a dc democrat really i mean or i should say yeah. a new york democrat right and oh, yeah. i mean he didn't end the wars. He spent tons and tons of money. He reauthorized domestic spying. He went after, you know, guns in some fashions, right? Yep. And you're like, wow, man, like this is who the Republicans are really putting out there. Like you guys, you know, like it, it, it's a weird thing for me to see. So let's do this, man. Let's let's switch gears and be like, I, I want to know about um, a, a policy um, in terms of how and what you think is, um, you know, I guess kind of highest on your list of things to do day, day one, like what, what do you want to get done? So, so the, the trick here in Arizona is there's really four issues that I think, um, we have to sanity check on. It's going to be healthcare. It's going to be immigration. It's going to be, uh, the, I'm going to go ahead and say the Bill of Rights. Yeah. Uh, I, I wasn't just going to say the Second Amendment, but, you know, some other stuff's getting kind of sketchy. So I'll say the yeah. Bill of Rights. And then the fourth thing is actually we have a potential for a very serious water shortage in Arizona. And none of the other candidates and even our state legislature have sort of been kicking the can down the road. Mm-hmm. But we're at a point where one of our major lakes that feeds the Hoover Dam and generates a bunch of electricity 
is nearing its all-time lowest level in history. And that means it, that's that's very bad for a lot of us, right? So right. Um, the, the fact that there's not a lot of attention around that and the fact that, you know, most of southern Arizona is a desert where water is a scarce resource, um, it's very important to sort of highlight that to voters and let them know like, hey, there's gonna, there's gonna be, you, you may see your, your water utility bill, you know, s- skyrocket because now we have to compete in a war with the other states that get water from Lake Mead and the Colorado River. And it, it's basically highest bidder, right? And mm-hmm. there's no real alternative solution right now. So um, it's, it's a very, it's a very sketchy proposition. I mean, um, is that is that true? Lake Mead is 150 feet below its average right now. Yes, and there's holy cow. And here's and here's so in 1922, I think, when they did their assessment of water allocation, their initial assessment of water allocation, they did it in a period where there was it was like one of the wettest periods in a 20 year span, in in the desert in in Arizona. So, sure. you know. As as the the hundred years have gone by, you know, it's sort of been like, oh wow, like we have to keep adjusting the water allocation. Well, had we had historical charting and done all this stuff, you know, a hundred years ago, our our allocation tables and, and how things are used would be a lot different. Sure. Um, and that's just a, it's a unfortunate side effect of how rapidly the West progressed um, from from what it was. <clears throat> Yeah, I mean, so, I mean, th- th- obviously a huge issue, just supporting life. It, it, uh, I don't think a lot of other states, you know, have to worry about it, especially east of the Mississippi. Yeah. Um, wh- what are your plans there? Are, are your plans to, um, you know, it, it, are there restrictive uh, rain capturing laws in Arizona? Is there places where, uh, you know, private industry could go out and do some very important work in terms of creating reservoirs? W- what's, what's the plan there? Yeah, so 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 currently, I can tell you right now that they created a oversight committee that's going to cost that's going to spend 160 million dollars. Perfect. To to to, to think about ideas. <laughs> That'll solve it. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna, think about, we're gonna think about it for 160 million dollars. Which who, is, who, who's uh, already got who in the private industry has already got the fix for this? So uh, I was talking to a gentleman on Twitter last night. And he was talking about uh, aquaponic farming and. Yeah. Um, I see that working probably fairly well in northern Arizona. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure the fish would boil here in the desert, so that's probably not a valid. Um, and and what I what I know the oversight committee is looking at is is finding a way to get water from the Mississippi Valley over to here. But the you know the Baja Peninsula and down through Mexico quite a bit closer. So way closer. Yeah, you're, you're looking at some sort of international agreement that is probably the best solution um, and, uh, and is probably going to actually create jobs and create, you know, some form of sustainable, a more sustainable life in, in the southern part of the state. Um, and I think that's probably, uh, at least in my opinion, that's the best, that's the best solution is to work directly south. <laughs> so so you, of, you think maybe a, uh, like a, a desalinization process from the, uh, what is it? The, the, uh, Baja Peninsula. Is that the Bay of what Cortez? Is that what that is? Uh, yeah, I can't, remember uh, I can't head. remember off the top of my head either, but, but that, it, maybe yeah, that's, that's kind of what you're thinking about. I, huh? I feel like that. I feel like that is the, the best, most efficient, most affordable solution. Um, 
you know, I'd love to see some aquaponics farms around here. And we do have some, some smaller ones around here, but I mean, it gets, like I said, it gets 120 degrees in the summer Mm -hmm. (laughs) and you know, you're, you're gonna, you're gonna spend a lot of money to, uh, keep that facility, you know, from evaporating pretty much, pretty much from evaporating and and keep, you know, the aquaponics and the fish and the, just the whole, the whole idea I think is, is probably a little, uh, probably a little more expensive in the long run and a little harder to maintain for, for farmers or private industry in, in Southern Arizona. Well, I mean, that's the, you, you, it sounds like you got kind of a, a multifaceted approach, you know, for, you know, different regions of your state to begin with. And I mean, yeah. under under an emergency circumstance, which it sounds like, I mean, at 150 feet below full pool, like you guys are dealing with something pretty substantial in, in this. Yeah, it's 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 one of these things where I believe 10 years ago, 15 years ago, it was it was brought up and discussed. Mm-hmm. And they they talked about the the creating some pipeline out to the to the Mississippi Valley or whatever, um, and I just don't see I don't see the validity in in that I I can't I can't reason to how we just don't go to the closest water source. Well, and- you know, it, it, you know, as somebody who spent a lot of time with engineers, a lot of time, um, the idea that you're going to introduce. Uh, more potential fail points over distance and time and all this kind of stuff, which are open to God knows what, you know, what America is going to face in the next five, 10 years. Right. Oh, yeah. You're like, eh, yeah, maybe we, maybe we ought to go with the least amount of fail points and, you know, duplicate our efforts in, in different ways and redundancy and everything else. So that, you know, people aren't dying of dehydration and things like that in the future. Yeah. And it's, you know, my biggest concern is, I, w- I would rather it be an agreement between the state of Arizona and Mexico than the federal government, Arizona and Mexico. Um, and there's, there's some, there's multiple reasons for that. The federal government is infamous for just ignoring infrastructure mm-hmm. and water as a resource for life is very important down here. And that's, you know, you talk about regionalizing the state. Well, the northern part of the state is very green and lush and uh, very nice to be in. Uh, once you get to the middle part of the state and you come south, it gets really hot, really dry, <laughs> and, and there's not a lot of water. So, you know, there's there, there's two different approaches where if we can take some of the stress off of Lake Mead, you know, then that, that allocation lessens and we can provide water for, you know, the southern to middle parts of the state and even parts of Mexico because they're, they're a desert too. And yeah. I think I think it provides an opportunity for uh, cross-border jobs and and you know freedom of movement is a big principle and you know obviously the wall is pretty much already built. Uh, is it really so? So yeah, let's. This was one of your 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 uh, talking points there for a second. Is when when you talked about um, water and immigration. Immigration yep. in Arizona. I mean. I imagine it's even more so like Georgia because it's 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 like I see anybody and everybody who has migrated here from Mexico and most of them are outstanding people that work their asses off and have yep. a culture that's embedded in our society now anyway. Yeah, so southern Arizona is uh you know, it's it's European, it's Spanish, it's Native American, and it's and it's mm-hmm. Mexican. It's 
Um, it's a very uh, unique part of our culture. And, you know, anyone that thinks a family crossing the border uh, is coming here with, with malicious intent uh, is sorely mistaken. You know, there's, there's ways we can improve the immigration process as a state. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the, the physical borders, we've been trying, and I say we, and I use that term loosely, the federal government has been trying physical borders uh, since, I believe, the mid-90s. And there's, there's always a flaw in the design. Yeah. And they always never work. So through, <laughs> through, through the process of failure, I feel like we can eliminate the idea of, all right, now there's a great, ugly 18-foot wall along southern Arizona. Thank you for putting that there. And now we can actually focus on the real issue, which is the cost and efficiency of the process. Uh, you know, most of these people come here because they want a new life and they want to work hard and they, they want to provide for their families. And that is the really the foundation of, of American virtues is come here and, and make your own opportunity. And there's a lot of Americans, and I'm not going to mince words here, that are lazy. You know, I'm yeah, sorry. I mean, look at what's going on right now. I mean, it's, yeah. it's a proven fact that people are not willing to go out and do jobs, you know, for what, what, what are they talking about? $15 an hour? If, yeah. if, if they're getting paid right now, you know, $15 an hour, a lot of people are saying, nah, man, I'll just sit on this government uh, assistance yeah. for, until it's gone. And that's and that's, you know, that's great for them, because the longer you stay out of a skilled position, the less valuable you are. So, um, you know, good luck to everybody that's taken up that uh, that ideology. But it's a failed ideology. It's it's failed for good grief. It's failed forever. And, yeah. you know, it's it's there. There are opportunities and these opportunities come with because everybody's sitting on their laurels. These opportunities come with a lot of potential. And if you show up and you work hard, you're, you're going to progress because everybody else is stuck. You know, we're, I think Arizona's getting rid of the federal supplement to unemployment on July 6th or July 14th. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that's less than a month away, guys. Um, I would, I would not be waiting because when you go from $600 a week to, to less than $200 a week, you don't have an option. And that's, right. You know, and we talk a lot about individual responsibility and it's it's just, you know, are you willing to put yourself in that position? I, for one, am not. Um, you know, I, I would rather do the things that I need to do and, and work hard and, you know, be my own boss and, and whatever it takes to, to make the life I want. And a lot of other areas, there's a lot of Arizonans that feel that same way. Um, there's just a. It's a weird dynamic here where the state is pretty split, like 33%, 33%, 33%. And mm-hmm. it's, it's, it didn't always used to be that way. Um, but, you know, the more, the more you see these real power struggles going this way in, in the major parties, we, we, the independents and the third parties start looking like, wow, you guys are, you guys look really reasonable. And it's like, well... You know, we've we've stayed pretty on principle for you know sixty 50 years. years now. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly uh, right. You're not you're not getting any surprises now. You know, there are some fringe ideas and idealists out there, but you know, I can just 
that now I can just point and go, what about your person over there? And then they go, oh, like, yeah, oh, like, that's that's not good either. So, yeah. um, and it's, 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 some of it's comical and some of it's, you know, it's, it's, I just get to let it happen because the more they go, the better we look. And yeah. it's very, it's a very simple strategy. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So basically the, to sum it up is, is Arizona's open and we need workers and we need people in here, you know, getting after it with, you know, great values and everything else. So let's, um, let's address, you know, this idea that, you know, everybody and all the fallaciousness that, you know, there there's just bad you know, scores and scores of bad people coming in. Right. They're, they're letting oh, yeah. people out of, you know, the cages in places like Guatemala, where Kamala Harris was this week in Mexico. And they're saying, don't come. And, you know, you're sitting there going like. Where were you guys when Trump was doing this shit? Like yeah. you guys are now saying the same. It, it, it just speaks so so much to the idea that they're all the same. They're all controlled. Yep. Um, you guys are you want people to come in and, and work their ass off. You don't believe. Uh, I imagine the fear mongering that they're doing right now in terms of, you know, saying that all of these people, you know, I should say, or a large part of them are murderers and thieves and just really terrible dudes. No, I no. I mean, absolutely not. I mean, the, the majority of them come here and they get a job and they work their butts off <laughs> like yeah. some of them come here and they you know there's we have a, quite a few landscaping companies and quite a few cleaning companies and they work harder than a lot of other businesses in town right um, yeah tucson has a stretch of uh oh man we, we have like one of the longest stretches of of diverse <clears throat> restaurants in uh really in the world, we, 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 the United Nations, uh, oh man, gastro gas gastronomy rated us one of the top cities in the world for wow. diverse cuisine. Yeah. It's a great place to live. I am surprised I'm not like 400 pounds, but <laughs> that's great. It's, 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 it's stuff like that. And it's, it's people that have immigrated here that have started restaurants and started businesses and, you know, they they got the short end of the stick when, you know, the, the lockdowns happened. And it's it's time to just really admit that the federal government had no idea what it was doing down here. It's time to admit that people like Lauren Boebert from Colorado and people from New Hampshire and people from Michigan have no idea what's going on on the southern border. And it's time to shut the fuck up. <laughs> Arizona is going to fix its own problem and everyone else can watch and follow our lead. And that's the way it should be, for yes. God's sakes. I mean, you know, being being that guy that kind of memorized the Constitution, I think it's Article 1, Section 8, Clause 4 off the top of my head that addresses naturalization, not immigration. This yeah. is a power of the state. It is retained by the state per the Tenth Amendment. Um, and, man, I'll tell you right now, like, if we could devolve to just the states, I'd be super happy about that. Oh, yeah. Uh, especially if it happened peacefully. So let's let's get into um, some criminal justice stuff because – Obviously, if if we if we do have to deal with bad people, not to say that that the bad people are coming in from over the border for God's sakes, but let's uh, let's address you know how do we free up uh, the criminal justice system and what do you want to do? So I think I think that starts with <clears throat> taking uh, some some decriminalization approaches. Um, yep. We 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 decrimmed marijuana in November. Um, nice. 
And so there was, there was some, you know, leniency there, but we still have fairly strict laws on the books for businesses that wanted, like, if you want to open a dispensary, the guy that owns a dispensary that helped create the law made it very restrictive. And now he's trying to go back and rewrite it because he realized he messed up and made it really restrictive. So there's, there's stuff like that. Um, there's, there's other, there's other methods of decriminalizing things like psilocybin and, and especially for treatment of uh, post-traumatic stress disorder in veterans that is now a proven Thing. I'll tell you right now from experience, yeah. man, this is, uh, amazing. It, yeah. it, like when you, when you've seen it and you've been in a good place and you've, and you've, and you've had that experience, you understand exactly why they don't want anybody touching psilocybin or cannabis. That's for yeah. damn sure. So, so things like that, you know, decriminalizing things like that and actually uh, taking, taking, you know, sit, sitting down with, I hate, I hate saying sitting down with the police unions, but explaining to them, listen, we're going to take, we're going to, to take your position and we're going to make it what it should have been when it was created. Yeah. And that is there, you, you will deal with violent crime and you will not be investigating things where there is no victim because that's not your place. You know, it's, I I love that, man. And that's the thing, like, as the executive, and this is what I want libertarians to hear, this is we as an executive, you are the check and balance, right? And as yep. a post-constitutional republic, as a governor, you can sit there and say, I'm not going to enforce this kind of stuff. And by the way, if somebody is enforcing this kind of stuff, I'm going to charge you with a deprivation of rights under color of law, right? Like it's, yep. it's actually a federal law um, and it can be applied in your state on top of all of that you get to pardon people as an executive. So it's like, hey, guys, listen, it's not that we hate you. It's not that we don't want you to, to have a, you know, the, the, we, we don't need maybe some police, maybe in a private police force. But here's the deal. It's like, we got to get back to some basics, right? We got to get back yeah. to, you know, being those guys that are saying, hey, we're going to take care of the really, really bad dudes in society. We're not looking at you guys as supplemental income anymore because what it does is it, it, it incentivizes the the cops to criminalize and go after peaceful people because it's easier that way than take you know doing the, yeah. the what is I consider real police work and going after the rapers and the kidnappers and the murderers and and, and the really just the scum of the earth kind of guys right so yeah. um, I mean as as the executive are you all for uh, getting rid of qualified immunity absolutely. Ending the drug war flat out saying, hey, anything that grows out of earth is your natural right and can't tax it. You can't do any of that kind of stuff with it. Absolutely. That's that's the one. That's another flaw with our with our marijuana legislation we passed. It's like an 18 percent tax. So, you know, like, wow. And, you know, everyone was happy about it for like the first month. (laughs) Yeah. And then they're like, hey, Steve, this is kind of expensive. I'm like, yeah, 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 it is. You're, you're cool with home grows and all that fun stuff. Leave have, it alone, I, right? I have no problem with with homegrown plants or or what whatever it is you do on your property, mm-hmm. as long as you are not harming another person. Wow. If you are har- if you are harming another person, I will <laughs> fuck you up. All right. This is it's, 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 it's so be, difficult it's to understand. Gonna, it's not going to be the police that shows up. I will fucking show up. <laughs> All right. Like, that's how serious I am. Like, seriously, like, 
it is not hard to live neighborly, yeah. right? We yeah. can have disagreements and we can have conversations, but yeah, I mean, there's, and, and I get, all right, there's bad people in the world. There's pedophiles. There's all kinds of fucked up people. And you know what? If you know somebody is fucked up in your neighborhood and, and in your community, that's, that's on you and your community, right? That is, that is the whole voluntary society. Like, Hey man, that guy's, that guy's been seen around the school quite a bit. You're like, Hey man, maybe, maybe somebody should go talk to him. Right. And yeah. you know, you know, you may get stabbed, but it's probably, it's probably for the better. That's the thing is, you know, when you can talk to the rank and file police, not so much the lobbyists and the unions and all those guys, yeah. but when you can sell the idea that, Hey guys, you're off the hook for all this other shit, right? Like yeah. your, your job actually might be safer. Like if you're not yeah. going after people's livelihoods for, you know, quote unquote, the, the, the black market, which is really just the free market minus the sex trade, right? Like, Maybe that's important to talk about real quick because there are some people out there that are listening going, the black market is the black market, and it, it's not. Most of the black market is the free market. What makes the, the black market the black market is where you have you know the, 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 the kidnapping and the sex trade and things like that where people's rights are being violated. Yep. People are treated and enslaved in those, in, in those markets. Um, you know, obviously you can't buy and sell humans. They're autonomous and they have rights. And, you know, the first person that does that is the person, uh, that we should talk about, um, you know, with the, the wood chipper caucus, right? The LP wood chipper caucus. We were talking a little bit about this before we got on and I kind of wanted to, to leave people with this impression. Like, this is a man that is absolutely down to really make a difference in what's going on in human trafficking and pedophilia and all that. So explain the Woodchipper Caucus to us. All right. So, so the LP Woodchipper Caucus was originally Jeremy Todd, my campaign manager's idea. And uh, it, it stems from uh, basically that there was this, there's this notion that there are folks inside the Libertarian Party that, that accept pedophilia as a libertarian thing. Right. So that would be Woodchipper Caucus. Um, we're mostly active on Facebook and social media. Is we we get tagged in a lot of comments and posts and tweets, and you know we we try to work as as closely, and we we've been trying to get a more direct path with Twitter when we find people who are advocating for things like pedophilia, um, the advocating for uh, a the abuse of a child uh, is as great of a crime as someone that is an actual pedophile. So uh, the LP Woodchipper Caucus, you know, there's, I think we're close to like a thousand people on Twitter right now, a thousand followers. Um, but we, we spend a lot of time getting, you know, getting people reported, getting screenshots, getting them sent to Twitter, calling Twitter out on things, calling Facebook out and, um, my biggest issue right now with uh, these social media companies is the reporting process is just absolutely thrown together. There's no, there, there should be a much more direct way for us to uh, alert people to, to stuff that's just, you know, should, shouldn't be shouldn't be seen by any because once you once these people get attention, is what they thrive on, right? They they want the yeah. attention. They, they wanna they wanna rile everybody up and they 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 wanna get away with things and. Um, you know, eventually I like to see it grow into a, into a much more formidable force. Mm -hmm. Um, that's sort of hard to do when I'm 
trying to do other stuff. <laughs> um, but from from a from an executive standpoint, you know, that's one of the things that there's not going to be really any leeway on is if you get caught, you know, good luck. <laughs> welcome to the jungle. Yeah, well, so, oh well, man. Yeah, or the or the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here here you go, man. You uh yeah, we're not going to kill you, but we're also not going to help you survive. I, I trust me, I get it, man. Um, I, I think that is an excellent idea in terms of as an executive. Um, you know, there are, you know, in terms of laws for social media companies and all that kind of stuff. I'm I'm not into, uh, you know, providing any of that kind of stuff. But in terms of, you know, being a place, especially in this day and age for the, the woke ass, you know, loser brigade crowd out there um, that is reporting people like us in the Liberty movement and people who are not woke ass, you know, bastards, right? Like, yeah. what are you guys doing about pedophilia? What are you guys doing about this, you know, sex trade? What, I mean, seriously, yeah. you gotta, you gotta know that most of these idiots that are in this kind of thing aren't covering up their, their tracks with, you know, IP and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. They're in this. Like, no, they're, they're very, they're very, they're very loose. I mean, they're loose with their principles and they're, they're loose with what, what they do on the internet. You know, I've, I've got my doctorate with a focus in cybersecurity. So if I really, really need to, to get involved and, and do something a little more serious. I have the tools to do that. You um, have a doctorate in cybersecurity? Yeah, so it's a, it's a business degree with a focus in cybersecurity, so yeah. Damn! All yeah. right, we, we all right. We got to talk about this for a second <laughs> because what's going on in the United States right now is oh, I, insane, I man. Let's do this shit. Like this, you look like you're passionate about this. Like it's your thing. Um, cybersecurity tax down here in uh, the southeast, and then the cybersecurity tax on the meat and all that kind of stuff. Tell me how full of shit these people are that this is happening now. So, and this is, so this goes back to the government infrastructure problem, right? <clears throat> there has been, it's, this has been knowledge for, this has been public knowledge, at least in my academic endeavors for at least 15 years that yeah. anybody could tap into any of our infrastructure grids and critically, critically harm the United States. That's yeah. been common knowledge among cybersecurity experts for, I mean, even longer than I've I've studied it. So, to uh, the the thing that bothers me the most is supposedly the folks that hacked the meat plan. The FBI was able to get the cryptocurrency back um, because it was in an exchange. So my concern is most of us that deal with crypto know you know, not to leave your money in an exchange. So it's either a very short-sighted and very stupid person that that thought they were going to get away with something or, or, and I'm not, I don't, I don't tend to give in to conspiracy theory unless I feel like there's a lot of questionable, questionable things being told. Mm -hmm. So, and, and you link that up with, well, okay. So the SEC has a lawsuit against Ripple. Then you have um, these these two supposed cyber attacks, and then and now you have the federal government wanting to regulate cryptocurrency and trying to use this as as a as a leaning point. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then they refuse to do something like decentralized blockchain encryption for voting. So, you know, there's there's things that, that make me question, you know, the 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 integrity of 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 the word, right? And right. because the actions shouldn't immediately be more government. The the <laughs> actions should be wow, how did our infrastructure suffer such a catastrophic blow? Well, we knew it was coming. We've known for decades, and you did nothing. Um, you know, I was a nuclear policy analyst as a defense contractor, and we didn't do any sort of cybersecurity assessment uh, for decades on some of our systems. And so when I did a cybersecurity risk assessment, and everyone was like, what does this color mean? I was like, that color means bad. <laughs> that color means we have no idea what we're doing, you know? And that's... yeah. And that's the whole government. It's and cybersecurity is so difficult because the the bad guys, the the bad actors, typically get better technology, better than somebody like me or or even the government to try to prevent them to do something. So it's like the good technology is always two steps behind the bad. Well, technology. it's going to be late. Espe- yeah. And that's the thing is like in this day and age where you know technology is just flying through. You know you yep. know the like it's so condensed it's like as soon as you get something you know next year it's going to be obsolete and a lot of times by design obsolete right because they're like oh hey you know we'll just release this next year and we'll keep that revenue stream coming right so man i i I, boy i could go down rabbit holes with you know conspiracy like i mean literally there's a great book uh back in the day uh one second after and i'm trying to remember who wrote that book um, but it was one of those things where they talked about the American infrastructure, especially the power grid in that one. And you're like, Whoa, oh, yeah. man, like this, yeah. this is really, really vulnerable. This is back in, I think, I don't know, maybe late nineties, early two thousands sometime. Well, yeah. You can, you can, I mean, if, if you have the right know-how and you don't need a lot of it, I mean, you can even, you, uh, like the shoot, like the, the, the seismic monitors for earthquakes, you can hack into those shocker i, I I'm, I'm not that's the thing is you know how they are man they, yeah. we got all this money we could look at our security systems over here but eh, yeah, yeah. fuck it well, you know, <laughs> that's thing, right so like you know they get money and then they're like oh shoot we got to spend 180 million dollars by the end of the year what do you guys want chairs it's always chairs yeah buy chairs. you know in the military they're like we got to buy some chairs i'm like we just bought chairs and they're like well these aren't 100 and you know, these are $500 chairs. And you're like, why do I right. need a $500 chair? You know, yeah. why, don't you, why don't you freaking buy me some, you know, some better encryption on our freaking network? Um, yeah. Yeah. And it was, I mean, that's, I mean, that's commonplace throughout. I worked at, uh, you know, I worked at the Pentagon and I worked at the Department of the Interior. The Department of the Interior, um, they had the OPM servers that got hacked um, that caused like the, a whole bunch of people's info and you're just is it how do we not like how does how does a government not learn you know yeah. it's they don't care they don't yeah. care a private business learns because it costs money it, ha- it has to and, survive yeah you have to survive you have to have a sustainable plan for oh what what happens if the local federal what if the local credit union gets hacked well you have to have a plan because it's a it's a grave possibility that it could happen 
Yeah. No, I, I want you to stick around after, after the show. We got to start wrapping up here. Um, I could talk to you like now that I know kind of where you've worked and, and all that. Like I have questions for <laughs> days right now. Uh, but yeah. tell everybody how we can help you out, man. Uh, yeah. So, um, you know, if uh, I'm banned on Facebook, so you can't follow me there. Um, <sighs> must have done something right. Look, I used to post some really good memes about cocaine and the ATF, okay? So that's... <laughs> right on. I, I hear you. You know, learned my lesson. Anyways, um, you can follow me on Twitter at RemusLP. Um, I have an Instagram, but I never post on there, so that's probably not a good idea either. Um, you can visit steveremus.com. If you want to volunteer and you're in Arizona, please reach out to me, the Arizona LP or the AZ Mises Caucus. Um, volunteers, really, we're focused on signatures. Um we have events coming up. We're doing Juneteenth. Um, it's, it's, I think, a pretty big a big event in Phoenix. July 4th, we're going to be in Tombstone, Arizona, talking about the great Wild West, or as the Mises Institute puts it, the not-so-Wild West. We'll talk about the, the anarcho-capitalist West that existed prior to the federal government's intervention. So, cool. Um, you know, just, just help us out there. Follow me on social media, um, you know. Typically, people will go around asking for donations and stuff. Um, I'm not too too concerned with that currently. Um, I'm letting I'm letting the Arizona LP work on the the fundraising piece for me. So, um, yeah, just uh, if you're in Arizona, give me a shout. If you want me to come speak anywhere, pick a topic. I awesome. will I will come. And I will arrive violently. So, <laughs> yeah, make it uh, make it cybersecurity stuff too. Because oh, I, man, I, you, I, yeah, I, you guys, you, you guys really want to go down some rabbit holes. Bring bring me some bring me some nuclear bring me some nuclear industry questions. We yeah, will, I have we so will, many. We will go down a a hole you don't want oh, to go down. <laughs> boy, I'll tell you what, man. Um, Steve, I appreciate you coming. You look like you're of sound mind, body, and spirit. You got no no aspirations of of offing yourself anytime in the near future. You're good, right? I mean, I I'm hoping I stay alive. I mean, <laughs> I always I always ask that of people that know some shit because I don't know, man, you know, you know, they're the fed boys are always out there watching. So I always say, Hey, cover I mean, your ass. I mean, I did, I did piss off some lady's husband the other day. So that's probably not a good <laughs> idea. But yeah. Right. If, I, if, I mean, if, if, if I disappear, it's probably that guy. Is that why? Right. Right. <laughs> uh, don't get, don't give him Don't give him any outs brother. No, uh, no. Hey, but uh, thank you, Steve, for joining me, man. I, I really enjoy uh, this, this conversation and uh, I'm sure we'll be doing a little bit more of this, especially, uh, but stick around after this and uh, we'll talk then for everybody else out there. Thank you guys for tuning in. I will catch you guys on the next show. Uh, maybe even before the end of the week, we will see what happens. There's some breaking stuff going on uh, at any rate. I love you. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take their stuff.